Alrighty. This is it. We are doing it. We're rolling. This is episode 399 of No Laugh Track Podcast. I'm Justin Severson, the host. I'm here with Pete Lee, who is my guest, who was last year at episode 369. Hold your jokes. <laughs> if people want to hear your 369 jokes, you go back a year and you can listen to them. All right? We're not recycling those. Episode 369, <laughs> you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's been about a year. Uh, last It was February 7th was the last time we did this. So it was all... It, and that was a very different February 7th from this upcoming February. It was like a whole different world back then. I mean, for a million, for uh, the list of reasons why is endless, it seems. It's crazy. I look back because, um, you know, now they're showing uh, NPR released that article that there were antibodies in Red Cross blood donations. Antibodies, meaning that people had had, yeah. they had had oh, yeah. coronavirus gotten over it, had the antibodies uh, present in November blood donations. And so that means that coronavirus has been swirling for a long time. And like, this isn't some weird, crazy, like QAnon thing that I'm spewing. Like this is like NPR, (laughs) right? (laughs) I've heard of them. Yeah. And um, so I like, it was just nuts that last February there was coronavirus just spreading around and raging in America. And we were just like, we're going with it. We had no, it's not, I don't know if we had no idea if we were ignoring it, if we were just still having a good time. I don't know if the United States was like, we got to get to the Super Bowl, And then right. after that, we right. can close down. Let's we, get through the holidays, Super Bowl and, and uh, Valentine's day. Yeah, Valentine's <laughs> day. We gotta, we gotta let people super spread it on Valentine's <laughs> day. But, so, uh, uh, so I got to I got to point something out here. So, not only did I, as I told you before, start recording, I went back and listened, which I normally do, listen to the most recent recording I do with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also busted out the notebook, my page, you know, my notes. From oh, from last that time. day, and like a therapist, like a therapist. <laughs> well, Pete, this is what we discussed there, and I just want to know how <laughs> we're going to talk about your growth. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is wild, Pete. So in another one of the things that I do often is I will like search for, you know, to topic of things to talk about with my guest, I'll search their hometown and see uh-huh. if there's some interesting news. Well, here's what I have from a year ago. It, we didn't discuss this. It never came up, but I have it in my notes. Uh, I wrote a thing about Janesville, Wisconsin has a population, uh, just, I don't know why I thought this one, of 64,000. Yes. They could actually fit, the whole population would fit inside U.S. Bank Stadium. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that interesting? I think that we should make that happen. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like for the next Packers-Vikings game where they can have a crowd, yeah. just everyone from Janesville should advance buy tickets, just be the first people to buy tickets and fit them in there. Some kind of exchange, and then mm-hmm. do the opposite for some you know equivalent town yeah. in Minnesota to go to a Packer game in Green Bay. What's an equivalent town? Matamidai? Matamidai? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah sure, bear. we'll go with that. I Actually, Matamida is probably like 3,000. It's probably tiny. Oh, yeah. It's probably smaller. But I have to point out the other thing, and this, and this is um, what I really wanted to get to. My note here says that uh, as of February 7th, well, February 6th, actually, is when we recorded. February 6th of last year, the 12th case of coronavirus in the United States was in Janesville, Wisconsin. Really? The tw- yeah. The 12th one? Yes. Why, and and he- here we are just, you know... Almost a year later, isn't that insane? Just about ten million cases later in insane? A, in America. That's crazy. It, it's so funny too. The you know the metrics on that because now that you know they found the antibodies, so maybe that isn't the twelfth case actually. True. Yeah. Um, that we knew at the time. That we knew at the time. Right. right. 
But gosh, what a, I mean, what did you, by the way, like what, what did you do? Um, like what, what did you do when the world shut down? Like what were, did you go into a spiral? Did you <laughs> give up? Were you worried for a while? Uh, very worried. And yeah, a lot of stuff changed my, because you know, like I'm divorced from my, uh, well, I'm first wife, obviously divorced. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, we shared the kids. So we had to make decisions about, you know, having them go to in th- back and forth to two different houses. And the truth is we had, I, they didn't come over for, Six weeks. You're single. Yeah. No. 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 I have a wife at home. Come on. No. Uh, no. But, I. I know that's a. T- you were not single. You care for your kids. You love them. Uh, it wasn't a little bit awesome to get really great sleep for a while. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was. Uh, but I, I will tell you. So then, like the the podcast stopped because Acme closed, and then also at the same time, my mother in law had heart surgery, and that's who the person that. That we used to watch uh, my baby, so she couldn't come over and watch my baby. So it coincided with uh, lockdown. So during lockdown, I was a stay-at-home dad. Wow. Yeah. So you just went into full stay-at-home dad mode. Yeah. And you were Mister Dad, and mm-hmm. that was was that hard? Uh, kind of. Some days. Yeah. But it, was, it was. It was. It was pretty good. It's pretty I saw, good. I remember hey, seeing little experience. I saw that Bill Burr bit where um, you know how Bill Burr is like, being a mother is not the toughest job in the world. I don't know. That's my big. That's my Bill Burr. <laughs> I, th- I my, thought he was here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I remember right around that time that bit swirling around the internet with everybody going, "No, uh, being a mother is the toughest job in the world." Because. I'm a dude, and now I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, trust me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure books have been written about when guys realize that, like, oh, this is hard work. Yeah, and, yeah. It's. I, I mean, I'm. I'm. I, I have so much empathy. I'm like just empathizing, going, yeah, it's really tough, man. <laughs> I, I'm childless. <laughs> How? Uh, I mean, things for you were pretty different. You had a bunch of stuff on the schedule, I'm assuming, and it all shut down. Oh my god, I had so much stuff on the schedule. I I was about to have my biggest year financially ever in 2020 yeah. and then it's also the year 2020 so everybody's like year 2020 that's when we're gonna get flying cars and everything wonderful is gonna happen right. and i remember thinking like this is gonna be just such an awesome year financially mm-hmm. and with growth and uh yeah i went i flew to go bananas in cincinnati um and the day before that, remember the government didn't shut anything down, but hockey shut down, I think first. Oh yeah. And then basketball yep. shut down. Mm-hmm. It was like midweek. Yeah. So the NHL and the NBA basically set the precedent for like, we don't want to be, we don't want to be uh, held accountable if we're, we hold a super spreader event. Yeah. And then after the NBA and NHL, made that giant decision, the government was like, oh, I guess we should shut down too. <laughs> well, <laughs> it know. was when they found out Tom Hanks had it. Yeah, when, to, oh, when Tom Hanks had it. Yeah, they're like, he survived that island in Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, we're actually bearing the headline of today. It is time to take coronavirus seriously. Dave Chappelle has it. Oh, Dave Chappelle has it. Yeah. Really? You hadn't heard that? No. Yeah. I, I and that makes me worried because the, Dave Chappelle chain smokes. I mean, Dave Dave Chappelle is almost never smoking something. 
right. some substance, whether uh-huh. it be a cigarette. Uh, the first time I met Dave Chappelle, he sat down with me. I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. Uh, I was sitting at the comedy cellar eating dinner and Dave Chappelle came and sat down right across from me and he just lights a cigarette and he's like, he's like, what's going on, man? I'm Dave. And I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dave. And I go, I go, I'm, I go, Dave, I'm Pete. And, uh, and he's just like smoking and, and, um, and he goes, he goes, do you know, do you like parties, Pete? And I was like, yeah, I love parties, Dave. And, uh, he goes, do you want to come to my party? And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to come to your party. Are you hitting on me? <laughs> yeah, like what are you what are you saying here, Dave? And I thought he was messing with me because he just hadn't seen me at the cellar. But I'm sitting at the comics table, so he knows that I'm past and I'm legit. Right, right. And it turns out he was being just really cool to me. And then uh, he puts out his cigarette like in his glass that he was drinking out of. And then he gets up and he's like, "All right, see you at the party, Pete." And I was like, "But Dave, uh- you don't even know my last name. How are how are you gonna get me into the party?" And uh, and he was, he's like Dave Chappelle knows, and I was like, what? okay. And it was like, I don't know if like there's like a little bit of Prince in Dave Chappelle. Like I know that he played him on the show, and uh, but it was it was like one of those moments where people tell you about when they met Prince. It was just yeah, mysterious yeah. and cool. And the whole time I was just trying to not ask too many questions and play it cool. Then later on that night. Because uh, I had a, a couple shows down at the cellar, uh, Val, one of the managers down there, came up to me and was like, "Hey, Dave texted me and said, can you get Pete on the list for the party? So you're you're going to this party. So I go to the, I I have a date that I can bring to the party. So I bring the date to the party, and it's at this place in New York called the Box, and the Box is like a burlesque club where they do like I'm hearing I gotta yeah I'm hearing stuff on right now. Mm-hmm. This place has everything. <laughs> All right, so you know this, this. There's a midget at the front door that you call Steve, and he lets you in. <laughs> that that is not. Not accurate. I mean, the box was way wilder than anything that I could have even imagined. Really? And um, the the other funny part about the box was that so uh, Dave Chappelle throws this event every year called the Comedians Ball, and uh, essentially what it is is he treats comedians to a night out that they could never afford otherwise. And the box is a place where if you want to go there, it costs you like $10,000 a ticket or like a table. Yeah. So you have to have like money to get in there. And then you have a drink tab on top of that. And the box is almost a secret. Like if you walked up to it, it would just look like a a warehouse door with like a weird giant bouncer outside. Love it. And uh, so... Dave was adamant that at the little booths around around the club, it had to be real working class, you know, level com- comedians. So I remember uh, we were sitting down in a booth and we were great. And then um, they were like, what do you want? I was like, McAllen. So they brought me a bottle of McAllen. And I was like, this is nuts. And I didn't even have to pay for it. Like Dave Chappelle's just paying for this. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was absolutely insane. So and then um, there were like major celebrities that came in to try to sit in the booth next to us. Like we're celebs, we get to sit in that booth. And Dave's people were like, "No, no, no, get out of here. Go sit in the balcony because you don't get to be here. These are for the real comics." What? So the opening act comes out, and uh, first of all, I didn't even know that there was a show. I just thought that we were drinking in this cool venue, and yeah, and it was, the party. Yeah, it was. It was a party, and uh, and. 
so the opening act comes out and she's just a, a naked trapeze artist that is like doing naked trapeze stuff overhead. Oh yeah. And I mean, boobs and naked ladies are amazing. But then when you add upside down and gravity, you're like, this is fascinating. No, never seen that. I was like, man, when Dave Chappelle throws a party, it's a party. <laughs> Then uh, the second act comes That's out. That's what he meant when he asked you if you like to party. Do you like to see naked women f fly above you? Fly above. <laughs> yeah. And and Dave's just kind of like sitting there smoking and uh, and having a great time and looking out at all the comedians having an awesome time. And you could see on his face, like he was like, you don't even know what's about to happen. So this this fire breather walks out on stage uh -huh. and, um, and she's like, she's like, I'm Maggie and I'm a little fatty. And, uh, and I guess she was a little bit chuggy, chubby, but she described herself as Maggie, a little bit fatty. <laughs> and she starts slapping her stomach and doing all this weird stuff and oiling herself up. And, uh, and she's just naked right away. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like not sexy naked, but it wasn't sexy naked. It was like, like, like housewife after a couple babies walking out of the bathroom after she just took a dump sort of a vibe like that. That's, that's what, uh, that's what Maggie had going on. And then she's like, don't do shame my fetish. Yeah. And then she's like, do you want, do you want me to fire breathe? And then, uh, you know, she had like the 151 or whatever they use. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so she pours it into her mouth and then just drinks it, which we were like, well, that was insane. Right. Yeah. And then uh, she gets on her back and then puts it into her hoo-ha. And I was like, no, there's no way she's doing this, right? And she had already, like, lit fire sticks and stuff. So I was like, this is no. Come on. Oh, my God. No. Oh, come, Maggie the fatty, don't do it. <laughs> and then she leans back and just queefs fire, like, like and queefs fire, like, like, up and into the crowd to the point where I could feel the heat from no, her, no. from her fire queef. You weren't even warned. I wasn't even warned. It was like the whole crowd went like, woo. And so that was the start of the show. Oh, my God. And I can't even tell you how much wilder the show got. And after every single act, oh. Dave would Dave would kind of get on this roaming microphone as he's around the room. He'd be like, I told you this was going to be a great party, bitches. Holy <laughs> crap. And, um... So yeah, I, needless to say, I, I've spent, uh, after that, I, I spent a little, I've spent a little to a lot of time with Dave Chappelle and he's like, he's the best. He always remembers everyone's name. Um, he's always the sweetest. He helps out so many comedians that is, he doesn't even get credit for that. Um, is this one of those things where when you get invited once now you have a lifetime invitation? Or? It, yeah. Yeah. And, and we get smoking jackets with the Chappelle emblem. No, okay. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> no, um, welcome but, to the club, Mr. Lee. <laughs> welcome to the club, Mr. Lee. Well, that, well, I hope that Dave's all right with his COVID seeing as that he is a chain smoker. Yeah. Can I, I just want to throw in one more thing about that. So it came out that he like it it started circulating last night that he has covid and then that followed up with a picture of people he was with just like the day he got tested positive and he's with Michelle Wolf, Joe Rogan, Elon Musk no masks and they're all standing together so i don't think i'm not sure that this story's done yeah that it, they he might have super spread to all those people i 
Oof. I, I know. Could the you big, imagine passing coronavirus to the richest person on the planet? To Elon Musk. Yeah. One, one, uh, one of my friends, um, Sven, he works with Elon Musk and he's one of the major designers at Tesla. Yes. And it's, it's crazy. Cause he'll be like, sorry, I was late. Um, Elon went on a, like Elon just goes in these brilliant rants and people literally take their iPhones and go like, okay, I'm going to need to know this for this project. Yeah. And cause they can't possibly remember it or write all of it down. And so, um, but like Elon will come in, they'll be discussing a project and then he just has an idea and they, they're like, when people call him the most brilliant person, they're, they're, they're like, it's not a stretch. We're not pretending that he is because we work for him. Yeah. It's just like the stuff that comes out of him randomly will will just be so amazing. So yeah, if 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 Dave Chappelle got got Elon Musk uh, pregnant with super COVID, <laughs> that would be a bad thing. Stay tuned. That's all I got to say. Is stay tuned. So there's a few more things that we uh, you know we don't have a ton of time. Just a couple more things I absolutely want to talk about, including yeah. your recording this week. Somehow the Tonight Show and Acme are connected this week. The Tonight Show and Acme are connected, and it also uh, comes. This is the week that I started comedy 23 years ago. I started not on Martin Luther King Day. I started on Mar. Hold on, sorry. <clears throat> Do you ever get that? Do you ever get that frog in your throat where mm -hmm. it's that Minnesota I walked over here in the cold frog in my throat? Yeah, I'm always like, this is in, this is a part of the, my transition to turning into my father. Yeah, what that is. It's, it's, I don't have a cold, it's just negative seven outside. Right. Uh, but yeah, so this is the week uh, that I started comedy 23 years ago. It wasn't Martin Luther King Day, it was Martin Luther King Night. And I came out to the Acme open mic on that Monday and I started comedy on this stage. I think the wood was still the same. Probably. Uh, the, the carpet's different. Yeah. But um, curtain's different. Yeah, the curtain's different. It used to be green. Yep. And then there was the the um, uh, there was the stone that was exposed oh. behind it. Uh, but yeah, I. Uh, I it, so this is really special just to be back here this week, and then the Tonight Show asked me for a remote set because they're not filming anything in Studio Six A or Six B at at Thirty Rock right yeah. now because they just can't have an audience there. They can't have random people coming in. Uh, Jimmy and the Roots and everybody gets tested. Sure. I think I'm pretty sure that this is I'm speaking correctly. I think they can only have like four roots in at a time. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they can't even have all the roots, so they rotate roots. Um but four root max. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a four root max. And uh so yeah, it's it, it's um you know, so basically they're having people do remote sets and then, uh, I called Lewis to run my showtime special and then, uh, the booker of the tonight show, he saw that I was going to be at Acme and he was like, Oh my God, Acme has that great video system. Cause everybody's been talking about it. And he, he probably watches the podcast. Yeah. He watches the podcast <laughs> and sure. he was like, can you film it there? Is there any way that you can film it there? And I'm like, yeah, that of course I can, that would be so special. So to be able to combine my love for this place with my love for the tonight show yes. feels insane. And it also feels like, I don't know, like, like cause the tonight show for me is kind of like the super bowl of comedy. So it feels like, uh, it feels like I'm getting to play the super bowl at my home venue. Sure. On your birthday. On my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
That's so cool. So uh, have they been doing this already? Have they aired other people's uh, sets from comedy clubs? Yeah, Nate Bargatze has done one. Okay. Um, I know that Mark Norman did one. Nate did his at the at a comedy club in Huntsville, Alabama. Mark Norman decided to shoot his on the Staten Island Ferry and. Pulling into the New York <laughs> Harbor is behind him in the shot. It's kind of a neat thing. Uh, it, that's cool. It's neat. It's weird. It's yeah. unique. Um, and so I guess my twist on that in you know, making it a special thing is filming it here. Of course. I love it. This place is like, I don't know. This is, to me, like comedy Jerusalem, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Holy land. It really is for comedy. It, it I mean, talk to any comic, and you have. You've talked to all of them, and they say the same thing. This uh-huh. is this is a special stage. So this will be number six appearance mm-hmm. on Tonight yeah. Show? It'll be number six, wow. and it'll be the first one where I'm not wearing a suit. Oh, yeah? Well, I went through so many different outfit ideas. Because at first I was like, well, I'm going to wear a suit because I'm bringing the Tonight Show to Acme. And then... I was talking to my manager and he's like, dude, Jimmy's not even wearing a suit on the tonight show. True. He was I watched, like, yeah, I watched the daily show last night and Trevor Noah is like wearing a hoodie. He's wearing a hoodie. Yeah. yeah. So my, my manager and I basically agreed like, do I want to be that asshole that wears a suit on the show where the host is not wearing a suit? That's kind of like, I don't know. You showing me up? Mofo? Yeah. It, it is like a, it's classic etiquette yeah. where if a suit's not called for, you do not wear a suit Yeah, yeah. like an asshole. <laughs> And, uh, so then, uh, my girlfriend was like, you know what you should do? Um, cause I, I was like, I want to wear a snowmobile suit. That's what I want to wear because that <laughs> like, Hey, I normally wear a suit on the tonight show. So I'm going to wear a snowmobile suit. That's what I wanted to wear. Yeah, come on. I just thought that'd be really funny. Yes. Um, but my, uh, my friend and, and she's one of my best friends and a hilarious comedian. She has this ca- character named Ch- Susie Chapstick. People can look it up. Her name's Becky Robinson yeah. and, um, she does the entitled housewife, uh, on, on Instagram. She's blowing up right now, but she does this character named Susie Chapstick where she wears like a snowmobile suit. And I was like, ah, I can't really do that. Cause that's, that's her thing. And she's my friend. I don't want to, well, yeah. I don't want to like. Um, I don't want to hack my friend's thing. Yeah, yeah. And then Jamie was like, what if you wore some like tan Carhartt bibs and boots and then, you know, like a flannel? Yes. And that's a, that's a very Minnesota outfit. Uh, but I, I went to try to find Carhartt bibs in LA, could not find them. I was in Orlando earlier this week, could not find Carhartt bibs. I, so I, um, I, I hear I went to go get Carhartt bibs. I tried them on with like a flannel that they had at Carhartt. I just looked at the outfit and I was like, I look stupid. Really? I looked so stupid. And I also, I don't know, like people up North, like even, even if they swing redneck or whatever, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know. I guess I've always been fighting the stigma of like, oh, you're from Wisconsin and Minnesota. What did you grow up on a farm? Yeah. And I just didn't want to perpetuate that because, you know, even people that did grow up on a farm, they read, they're intelligent. We have the best, <laughs> right. we have like the best school systems in Minnesota <laughs> right, right, and Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. So I just didn't want to perpetuate this like hayseed type of a stereotype. I could see that. I could see um, that. And then I, I settled on wearing, uh, I have this kind of, cool guy jacket, uh, that it's, it's like camouflage. Uh, I've now, this will be the, now the second time that I've worn it on TV. Cause I love this jacket so much. Uh-huh. And then, 
I wound up going out and buying new shoes for it, which it was so important for me to buy new shoes for this set that like, I think I spent more time on the shoes than the set. And then when I was looking at the footage, you can't even see the shoes. I was just going to say, are you getting shot? <laughs> no, you, can't even, you can kind of see it when I walk on stage. <laughs> Well, maybe uh, work in like a kick or something to get your feet up. Yeah, I need to do that. Or like like a Heisman pose yeah. just so people can see the just slide it in the somehow. Nike swoosh. You know, as you as you were describing, you know, uh, potential outfits for the TV, I was thinking, you know, Bernie Sanders sort of stole your thunder this week with, he, the, with the choppers and the big fluffy coat. Yeah, he yeah. really did. Yeah. He, he really looked like a hayseed at the yeah. inauguration. Everybody else... <laughs> I mean, he really did look like just a, an, a guy from Vermont. Yeah, I love it. Vermont and, chic. I Vermont chic. And uh, <laughs> I also love that like everybody was in these these dressy wool coats. Like they were kind of all in their church clothes. Yeah. And then apparently it was really cold that day. And they uh, they kept, uh, I, I think Amy Klobuchar, is that who um, was the host of it? Yeah, she did a bunch. Yeah. Um, uh, she, you know, she even referenced that. And then the other guy was like, oh, of course it's snowing a little bit because, you know, Klobuchar's yeah. here. Right, right. And Bernie was the only one that, lo that actually wore a sensible coat. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I love the uh, when you, anybody puts sensible in front of a noun. You know? Yeah, I just love that sensible shoes, sensible jacket. Yeah, I, sensible. <laughs> yeah, we're. I just yeah. love that. Don't you have a mother? You know, <laughs> right. like that's yeah. that's a, when he had, was sitting there with his arms and his legs crossed. He was probably like, "Put on a coat, you hussies." <laughs> exactly. Hey, so obviously you watched the uh, inauguration. So did I. What did you, as someone who I know loves hugging people? Oh yeah, Garth Brooks performs and then goes around no mask and he's hugging all these vice or, uh, former presidents. Yeah, well, Garth Brooks is basically a Labrador retriever. You get that's the thing that you have to realize. I mean, from the second that he came out that door, <laughs> it was literally like they open up the door and and Your a yellow came out. a yellow lab just ran out. He was just. <laughs> He was trying to be a, he was even trying to walk, not like Garth Brooks. He was, he was, but he was just like, oh, I'm Garth Brooks. Yeah. And I have endless. Oh gosh, this is so amazing. Yeah. I have endless energy oh, and, gosh. and I can't not wear this belt buckle. That's so big that it has the entire constitution on it. Uh, but yeah. And then he just, he just starts talking. I mean, I would, I would guess, I mean, I know that. COVID tests are rare in some places, but I would guess that they all got rapid tested before Oh, I mean, I'm, that's it. the first thing I thought is uh, probably everyone here, especially in that inner circle, had, was tested yeah. right before they showed up, I would imagine. I was yeah. surprised that Lady Gaga didn't show up wearing a giant COVID rapid test. <laughs> 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 or just like, like some sort of a hat that just had like, like a thousand of them sticking up. The little like uh, the one that collects saliva, like hanging off her neck. Yeah, yeah, just to, yeah, the saliva. Ugh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, did you, by the way, did you know that yesterday, the day you arrived in Minnesota, it was National Hugging Day? What? Yes. I, you know what? I I did hug somebody yesterday. You did. So I, uh, my old uh, college agent Sue, um, that uh, I ended up parting ways with her when I when I wound up going to CAA, uh, mm -hmm. it was kind of like I had to go to the big leagues of, 
of agents and part of the deal was that they got my college business as well. So I tearfully left Sue and Sue's been one of my best friends for almost 20 years. And, uh, she came out to the club and I was like, ah, I don't care if I get COVID from you, just give me a hug. <laughs> And uh, I hugged her and her husband, which he's been vaccinated because he's a frontline worker. There you go. Uh, my girlfriend's also been front. Uh, she's been vaccinated. And I, speaking of puppies, I've been talking about how, like, talking about my girlfriend is, feels like I'm talking about a new puppy. Like, oh, she's cuddly. She's sweet. She's fully vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> she's clean and she's fixed. Yeah, she's fixed. <laughs> it's it's amazing. I met a I met a girl just really quick. That, that was a, my own little reference of a. Uh, Years ago at one of these like drunken weekend concert festival things, mm -hmm. I, I I met a young lady and she uh, wanted to get to know me better. Oh. And I wasn't sure about it. And that's what she said to me to try to get me to uh, seduce me. I'm clean and I'm fixed. I'm clean and I'm fixed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The scary part about that one is that she had that locked and loaded. Like, yeah, she had used that one before. Well, worked last weekend. Why not use it on this guy? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I'm clean and I'm fixed. Clean and I'm fixed. Were you clean last week? <laughs> Do you know if the person that you're like last week, dirty and broken yeah. this week, clean and clean, fixed, clean and fixed. <laughs> it's uh, always a little weird as a guy when a girl comes after you with the veracity that a guy goes, you know, kind of goes after girls. Like, yeah. like when a girl wants it that bad, you're like, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? Clearly what's there's something wrong, wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're coming after me this hard, what what's going on? But somehow in society, when a guy's that horny, people are like, ah, he's a guy. Yeah, I expect it. It's so weird. <laughs> mm -hmm. Hey, so I, you, you just kind of threw in there, oh, my Showtime special. So yeah. what, what, what now? So, um, I, uh, I got an, an offer to submit for a Showtime special a few months ago. And I, they were like, hey, do you have a new, do you have like a recent hour on tape? And I was like, no, no one has a recent right. hour. No, like no one has, do you want me to, to collect all the clips from Zoom shows I've been doing? Right. How, how do I do this? And so I realized that, uh, just like how Acme has the really good uh, filming system, Denver Comedy Works also has a really great camera system in their club, okay. and the audio is awesome. And I remembered that the sound guy just sent me all the sets from New Year's. So I looked over them, and I was like, you know what? I think if I cut these up, I can have an hour that is a lot of my newer stuff, at least up until that point. So uh, I sent it to my – I cut it up, sent it to my agent. He sent it to Showtime. And they were like, love it. Let's do a special. And I, I've been waiting to do an hour special since I shot my Comedy Central half hour in 2008. And wow. like, I mean, right after that, I, because my special on Comedy Central was very well received. Uh, it led to me doing a bunch of college tours. Babyface Pete. Babyface Pete. Oh. Sweet Pete. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm much more rugged. <laughs> uh uh, I have some lines and wrinkles in my face, yeah, right. uh, but yeah, it, it um, but I, I mean, I've been training to do a special. Yeah. I probably have about three hours of material that I can choose from, including newer stuff that I love as well. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so psyched to shoot the special. We're shooting it at the Tempe Improv in Phoenix, Arizona on February 25th. If anybody wants to road trip, um, 
I think Lewis might be coming out to it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and then several fans. I, I've been putting it out there, February 25th, Tempe Improv. You wouldn't believe how many people in COVID are like, dude, I, I need to go somewhere. I'm there. Yeah. We're, we're going to fly to Phoenix and go see it. And um, so, yeah, we are, we already have a lot of people that are that are coming to it. So That's awesome. I, I feel really excited. The, the production company is Comedy Dynamics. Oh, yeah. They're incredible. They've done, I think, over 100 specials. Yeah, they're everywhere. Uh, you know, um, they, you know, I mean, they have award-winning specials and, you know, so I'm working with their team and right now we're trying to figure out what the, you know, what the backdrop of the stage is going to be and all those kinds of details. Holy and cow, that's so cool. And is there going to be a crane cam? Is there not going to be a crane cam? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all so exciting to me. And then material-wise, I'm, I'm trying to work on that hour right now, which last night I was supposed to be doing the Tonight Show set, and then I brought out the piece of paper that has that hour on it, and I was supposed to run that, but I was just having so much fun tinkering around with my new stuff that I wound up doing about an hour of new stuff, which is great, too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, tonight I'm probably going to be running the hour. Back on I got, task. I got I to gotta buckle down. Sure. I got to hunker down. Yeah. Well, showtime. That is, mm -hmm. that's big time, man. That is awesome. It's big time. Yeah. And, uh, it's also really nice to get a, an hour special worth of money now in, <laughs> in COVID. That's really great. I, and, I imagine it would be. Yeah. And show, showtime's paying me pretty well. Uh, You're, you don't just get paid in subscription. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? Just, do you, hey, uh, $9.99 a month. That's what we're going to give you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know what? We'll throw in Cinemax. Yeah, we will. We will. And stars and epics. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's an honor to do a Showtime special there. Uh, I mean, Netflix, obviously it's great to do a Netflix special, mm -hmm. right? Um, last year, I think Netflix released 400 specials. 400 comedy specials. I watched all, no. I watched all of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, Showtime is releasing seven or eight. They don't know if it's seven or eight this year. So on their platform, I'm going to be one of seven or eight specials that people can watch. And if you look at the numbers, Net, I think Netflix has 164 million people that subscribe to it worldwide. Mm -hmm. And then they have, uh, they have around like 70 million domestically that subscribe to Netflix. Uh, which is kind of crazy because there's 330 million people in the United States and then 70 million uh, subscribe to them. So there are actually people that if you want, do you have Netflix? They'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are the people that are sharing uh, passwords. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe <laughs> yeah. there are so many passwords out there uh -huh. that everybody does have it, but yeah. they don't have a subscription. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so, but, so they have 70 million on Netflix and then Showtime has 28 million uh, domestically and then 80 million worldwide. So there's a, a big chance that a lot of people are going to see this. Yeah. Plus it'll stay on demand. Yeah, it'll stay on demand. It's going to be on the app. Mm -hmm. um, and then being one of eight specials to choose from versus being one of 400 specials, yeah. I think that I'd, I'd rather take those odds. For sure. And... Um, yeah, so I'm I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited to do it with Showtime and com and Comedy Dynamics, and it's it's great. Like, I mean, I retired a year ago, like like a year. I mean, not not exactly a year ago, but in March, 
I shut her down. I shut her down. I remember I was about I was about to go on stage at a gig, and the health department was like, "We're not doing shows tonight. Tomorrow, maybe." And I just turned to the club owner, and I was like, "Dude, there's one last flight tonight. I'm leaving." Yeah. And I went back to L.A. And then I did not do shows for honestly, like. 10 months or, or not 10 months. Uh, it was probably like eight months until I really started doing live shows again. Yeah. And there was a point where my girlfriend was like, what's going on, man? L like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I've saved my money. We, we got a house on the beach in LA and I just surfed every day. Yeah. I'd wake up at eight in the morning, I'd go surfing. And then when my friends got off work, I'd go surfing again. And she was like, you're living this like weird California high school summer Spicoli life. <laughs> and, Beach bum. <laughs> and I don't know if, if you know this, but women are not attracted to men who don't, <laughs> who don't have a purpose. <laughs> and, and Not I, for long, at least. Yeah. I just did not have a purpose. Yep. And, and she was like, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to, you know, are you going to set up a, a Patreon? Are you going to, are you going to get the podcast going again? Are you going to, she's like, you got to do something, man. You got to And I was like, nah, I'm surfing. That's all I'm doing. Yeah. And then in October, it was October 5th, I got into a surfing accident where I got finned by my surfboard. Yeah, I saw um, that. I went to the hospital. Uh, I was in the same hospital as Eddie Van Halen the night that he died. Um, I didn't know that. They basically pulled support from like all hands on deck to try to save his life. So I left with a leg with stitches in it that needed a CT scan or an MRI. And uh, and they were like, we can't do that right now. Like, like, you need to come back tomorrow. So I went back the next day with like a fever because I had an infection in my leg. Yeah. They tested me for COVID, sent me home. I came back a few days later, just in like a terrible state. My leg was swollen up. I had what I called bus lady foot, you know, just like, like a swollen and like, <laughs> like awful foot. And Did you start wearing nylons? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. They were, I had like cankles and like a swollen weird foot. Uh, and I was wearing like slides sandals. Cause that's all I could, oh, no. all I could muster. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we think you have a, a, a an internal injury. And why didn't this get checked out the last time you were here? And I was like, you sent me home twice. Like, what are you doing? So I, I it turned out I had blood clots. And then I ended up having life-threatening blood clots because one got – it got so far up my thigh that, like, like if uh, if a teacher touched you there, he'd get fired. You know, yeah. like that, that's how – how high up it was, it was like four to six inches away from getting into the main thing and traveling and being a pulmonary embolism or a, a, a stroke yeah. or a heart attack. And, um, so I, I had to sit in my house and take Zarelto and just have my leg up. And it, it was about a month that I just sat there pretty still yeah. and let it, let it clear the lines. And then I, um, I could, I could barely walk from my living room to my bedroom and I would be writhing in pain because it, it hurt. The clots hurt. Uh, it, it's like so, so it's the most painful thing because they create a Charlie horse wherever they're at in your leg. So my calf had one and my thigh had one. And I was just like, ah, and my neighbors could hear me just screaming <laughs> and you're not allowed to take any Advil or anything like that. Uh, cause you're on Zarelto 
And um, I listened. I told you I listened back to last year's, and mm-hmm. that you did the whole re, uh, the story about the sea urchin. The sea urchin. So it's like, uh, so are you still uh, are you still surfing? Are yeah, you back? Pe- uh, a lot of people on the internet have come to the conclusion that I should stop surfing. I mean, altogether. I- but uh, so I'm I'm finally clot free. I've made my full recovery, clean and fixed, uh, clean, clean and fixed. And I now have surfed twice and I'm able to like, so I have a month now that I'm finally able to exercise and I can get in shape for my special. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a little fat right now. Um, I'm, I'm a little, a little husky, uh, but it, it you know, are I'm you, doing... you, you going to get to the point where they're going to make you sign like your representatives are going to make you sign things like professional athletes. Like you can't dirt bike anymore. Like yeah. you're, you're worth <laughs> too much healthy. We can't have you injured. You're nothing to us injured with your I... leg up. You're not making us any money. Yeah. I feel like if I got, it, like, like if I sign a movie deal, I think th- that's actually when they do that. Um, or I guess professional athletes, when they sign a big contract sure, that yeah. they won't do anything like that, they might tell me I can't surf or maybe it'd be like, I could only surf during certain parts of the year when we're not filming a show or something like that. But yeah, I mean, uh, just I, don't come back next year with another story. Another surf, hurt surfing place. Yeah. I'm going to come back with one arm and, <laughs> and be like, you do, but you don't even understand. We're making a documentary and I'm going to be famous like Bethany Hamilton now, which by the way, her documentary is amazing. But, um, but the, don't ask, don't ask. But honestly, I was, I was fully out of comedy and then I got that injury and all I could do is sit there with my leg up on the couch. And that was my, you know, I, I was just, I was despondent. And um, one of the side effects to blood clots is they trigger an enzyme in your leg that triggers something in your brain called impending forlorn doom. It's in, like, if you go on WebMD and look up blood clot symptoms, you have a sense of doom. And so I was just sitting in this doom and I knew what it was. I knew that it wasn't real. It was just the, the you know, chemical in my yeah. brain. And Jamie, my girlfriend, was like, I've been telling you forever, you got to start writing jokes again. You got to get back to your purpose. So on like day five of the doom, I, I finally sat down with my notebook and I started writing jokes and it felt better. It was like the writing jokes was the only thing that made me feel better. And then, uh, two nights later, I wasn't even supposed to go anywhere. And I, like I said, I was writhing in pain, just going from the bed to the whatever. I got an offer to go do the secret speakeasy show in LA. It's like an outdoor courtyard. So I get there and um, I'm like, I shouldn't even be doing this because if I move, the blood clot can dislodge. And Jamie was like, you got to get on stage. And so I got on stage and I, I just sat in a chair like like old school Bill Cosby yeah, yeah. in the specials. Uh-huh. I, I sat in a chair and I just like this. And I even had my leg up on another chair and I told my jokes straight off of the notebook and I killed and I went home that night and I was like, I'll be damned. I'm a comedian again. So are any of these uh, doom and gloom jokes, These uh, did they make it? Are they I, still surviving? They Yeah. I I have a whole probably like eight minute bit about the injury and the, okay. and the blood clots and all of that kind of stuff, which I never thought that I would be able to make blood clots funny, <laughs> but it is, it's, re- it's really funny. And you know, you know me, I, I try to make things universal so that people yeah. can get it even if they haven't had the experience. But I mean, the, just the, co- if, if, if pain is funny, the idea that I had an imp- a sense of impending forlorn doom, <laughs> just walking around with doom is so fun. Doom is hilarious. Yes. 
Yes. Doom is hilarious. It sucked at the time. I'm writing down the word right now. Doom. <laughs> Doom. Doom. Like I would I would wake up every morning at 5 a.m. and I had a neighbor that had gone through the same thing. Uh and he was like he was like, dude, the doom is real and the doom is going to, it's going to wake you up at like 5 a.m. every morning and you're not going to be able to get back to sleep until like 10 and you're just going to be up with the doom. And I, like, I would wake up like <gasps> winter is coming. Like it was just, oh, no. <laughs> it was just terrible. Like, like the, yeah, like the white walkers from Game of Thrones yeah. were coming after. It was, I can't even describe it. And in my set, I talk about, I'm on Zoloft for anxiety, and then I guess it also treats depression. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't do crap for Doom. <laughs> <laughs> like, like dude, no. Doom just steamrolls it. Jesus. Dude. Yeah, dude. But I'm back. And, You're uh, back. I'm back, and now I, I the whole time that I was, I was laid up, I, I was like, if I can just have... St- like now that I've fallen back in love with stand up again, if I can just have stand up and surfing, you know, if, if I can have the two things that I love, I'm going to be really happy. And now I have both of those things. And now, and also I'm doing a tonight show at Acme. And then I am also doing the showtime special coming up in February. So, I mean, when I say that I came back like i basically been to like the lowest depths that i've ever been in and then now i feel like i'm going to new heights it's it really is a story of redemption come down to acme comedy club <laughs> this weekend to see this story of redemption right in front of your That's eyes right. if you're missing hugs Pete will give you one virtually with these stories. Yeah, I'll give yeah. you I'll give you a virtual hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got to wrap this up. Um, but uh, did we go way over? Our- we did, but that's okay. So here's uh, I got a new thing. The way I'm going to end this one with you. Where did I write that? Oh, wrong notebook. Is I'm going to com- compliment you on one of your tweets that I saw in the last week. And it oh, really good. All right. And this is how we're going to end things. Yeah. I love I'm it. just going to say continued success. I'm very happy for you with the showtime and the tonight show. People need to keep up, keep an eye out for that and come to the shows this week. Come uh, to the shows this week, I think there's week, still please. some tickets available. The new showtimes here are seven and nine 30. People need to be aware of that. All right. Yeah. Now here's the tweet. After four years, I still think his name is Mike pants. <laughs> 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 Come on! If you were Mike, if you're Mike Pence's really good friends that you you know he goes out and has a beer with, like, wouldn't you just be hammering him with that? Oh. All it like, what's up, Pants? Fuck you, Pants! It, yeah, <laughs> get your own beer, Pants. <laughs> like that would be the thing that as a buddy I would be hammering him on. Yes. And one of my favorite things to do since everything is so divisive nowadays and like everybody's so offended on this side or that side. I love to write a good joke that I feel like anybody can laugh at on either side. I feel like if I, if I was, um, if I was super far right and, um, and a giant Mike pants fan, uh, I would see that and go, Oh, that's silly. Yeah. I like that. Uh-huh. That's fun. Yeah, I, the, my pillow guy would laugh at that. Yeah. I don't know that. I can't. I'm the that. my pillow guy. <laughs> Gosh, that, <laughs> how do Minnesotans feel about the, my pillow guy yeah. right now? I, I claim he moved in here. He's not from here. Yeah. So he's not really one of us. Have you seen the new commercials where his cross keeps getting bigger? He's got he's got his blue his blue button up shirt and uh, and his, his he used to have a tiny little cross just kind of like a subtle 
um, I would say Christ-like reminder sure. that he sensible almost sensible size, and now it's getting into like like the rapper's chain <laughs> that he's wearing outside <laughs> of his dress shirt. He's standing there hugging his pillow. I'm the my pillow guy. I was like, is the next insurrection going to be a pillow fight? Yes. What are you doing? Come on, Jeezy. Yeah, come, come on with your with your hair dyed mustache. <laughs> Mustaches aren't that color, dude. No, come on. No, I'm, I, I, I'm sure that he's a nice man. I'm sure that he means well. Uh, you know, if you're friends with them, we're all seven degrees away from somebody. So I suppose if, if you know the my pillow guy, I know that I'm, I don't mean him any malice. I'm just roasting him a little bit. There you go. Thanks, Pete. It's been fun. It's great to see you. Bam. Bam. Uh